This is Father Nick Nelson of the Diocese of Duluth. Considering the state of the church today, knowing and witnessing with our own eyes many people drifting away from the church, why are there men becoming priests, women joining religious orders, men and women choosing to have marriages that are holy and sacramental? I believe it's because we believe that the gospel hasn't expired. We believe that human nature hasn't changed, that we are all still hardwired for the gospel. The problem is that for the past however many years, we haven't proclaimed, lived, and celebrated the fullness of the gospel with its awesome yet challenging power. Yes, when confronted with the gospel, to believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, to repent of our sin and to live the good life in Christ that he offers us in order to prepare for the coming judgment, yes, there will be people who will outright reject it, but I also believe many more will be attracted to it and accept it. The authentic Catholic faith, the authentic Jesus, is not something or someone you can just ignore, but a choice you can either accept or reject. Thank you for listening and for supporting Real Presence Radio. Here's a programming note. Monday, March 25th, marks the solemnity of the Annunciation of the Lord. As we celebrate, we'll have some special programming. At 5 a.m. Central, we'll bring you the Sunrise Morning Show. Morning Glory will follow at 6 and the Daily Mass at 7. Then at 3 p.m. Central, you'll hear Cresta in the afternoon. Finally, at 9 p.m., it'll be the encore of Open Line. Please tune in as we celebrate the Annunciation of the Lord, Monday, March 25th. If you felt God's call to serve the Church, Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, and the University of Mary have partnered to train you to do great things. The Church is desperate for well-trained development and fundraising professionals, so we've launched the Institute for Catholic Philanthropy. Earn a graduate certificate or a full MBA in Catholic philanthropy and train for a transformative career in service to the church. Apply by April 1st to umary.edu slash serve. This is a special afternoon broadcast from the Vocations Jamboree on the campus of the University of Mary in Bismarck. Now, back to more engaging discussions on religious vocations. Welcome back, everybody, to this special presentation based at the sunny University of Mary on this first day of spring, as we are in the midst of the fourth annual Vocation Jamboree held here at the University of Mary. I'm joined now by His Excellency Charles Chaput, the Archbishop of Philadelphia, and Monsignor James Shea, President of the University of Mary. Thank you both for being here. Great well, to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. We're I didn't remember it was the first day of spring until you said that. That's great to be here on the first day of spring. <laughs> and for the sun to show up as well. Yes. It's I didn't bring a coat. <laughs> you don't even need it. I don't need it. I made an act of trust in God. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you for bringing that trust to us here. I, I want to start with you, Your Excellency, but, but before I start, I actually want to start with Monsignor just to to sort of set the stage for our conversation, which is the fourth annual Vocation Jamboree here at the University of Mary yeah. and just the, the what's, what's happening, what's unfolding here today. Well, right. Many of the listeners would have known that we've just finished the first phase of the capital campaign, Vision 2030, where we raised $101 million in three and a half years. That strategic plan around which we, around which we sort of gathered these fundraising efforts was a big discussion, not just about buildings, not just about fundraising, but about culture too, we were thinking, how is it that the University of Mary can best serve the people of our region and beyond, which is our mission? How can we be a great Christian Catholic Benedictine University for North Dakota, for the region, and for the whole nation, really? And one of the one of the committees that we had, and I insisted upon it, was the Culture of Vocations Committee, because 
I've always felt like a Catholic university should be a fountain of vocations for the church. And as I just said to all of the uh, religious who are gathered there with a bunch of our students introducing themselves in one-minute segments, because there's so many congregations here, they only get a minute apiece. As I just said to them, the, the, the question that we want to pose to our young people isn't first and foremost, is God calling you to be a priest, a sister, a missionary? That's an important question, but in my mind, it's a secondary question. The primary question is, if he calls me would I go mm. it's that sense of availability yeah. and we want our young people the the young women and men on this campus constantly to understand their lives as a kind of availability to God who gave them their lives to be given away in love and so that question if he called me would I go is the question that a disciple has to ask and if you can't give a fulsome yes to that you haven't even started <laughs> you know what I mean don't be asking what you're supposed to do until you until you've uh, determined that your life really is a gift and so that's what the vocations jamboree is all about it's a dream come true for us at the university to see this this campus teeming for several days in the middle of well I was about in the middle of the spring semester <laughs> with with religious uh, who are witnessing to total consecration to God they've given their lives away our students want that too in, in whatever way God's calling them it's a joy joy and it's a joy to have Archbishop Chaput here what a hero of the Catholic faith in our country and uh, what a joy to have him with us. Archbishop, it really is an honor for us at the university. Um, I wanted to be here because I really admire what you're doing here. It's very creative as well as uh, evangelical, so good for you. Well, you know something about creative and evangelical. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Your Excellency, uh, this evening you're going to be giving us uh, a beautiful address. Monsignor has already given us not a sneak peek of it, but that he had a sneak peek of it, and he said it's phenomenal. I was, he used more eloquent words than that. But I said, holy cow. <laughs> That's not more <laughs> eloquent. <laughs> okay. So we, we definitely are looking forward to that as, as, the, as the highlight, the, the high point, even as we've been visiting with the religious orders who are here today, so many of them, the Nashville Dominicans and the Handmaids of the Heart of Jesus, we're talking about the excitement of the day, but everybody's saying, and we also are looking forward to hearing Archbishop Chaput, so it's, it's this event, which is for the students to come and find uh, so many religious vocations to, to, to search and to seek and to, to look at that, but also to bring uh, a keystone event in the evening to honor a champion of, of education and in the fourth annual uh, Lumen Vitae medal this evening is going to be going to you. So can you just share a little bit of, of your own preparation and your joy for being here today? Well, you know, one thing I'd like to say is I, I often have thought that there are enough vocations for the number of people who go to church. Mm -hmm and for those who are real believers. And maybe that's what God always gives, enough vocations for those groups. The problem is we don't have enough people who are believers. And yeah. uh, the place that that begins is the family. You know, uh, I'm going to spend maybe two pages of my talk, which is a 40-minute talk maybe, uh, talking about vocations to the priesthood and religious life. But there's a much more important vocation, which is the vocation of being a Christian. You have to be a Christian before you can, you should think of those, those other uh, specific vocations. And the place where vocations to being a Christian are developed is in our families. And uh, we haven't paid enough attention to that these days. And we find ourselves uh, worried about seminary vocations, for example, but not spending very much time or resources on developing family life in terms of what DOSIS and programs do. You know. We have huge expensive seminaries for very few and not, a, not enough focus on helping 
uh, Christian couples learn how to be parents and how to pass on the faith to their children. And I think that's what we have to re- refocus on, on our family, which is the beginning of everything. It's the beginning of our sanity, our, phys- our physical lives, first of all, but even our psychological lives. Without stable families, we can't be happy or stable. And if you don't have either of those two things going on, there's no environment for the faith to grow. Now, there are all kinds of exceptions where God steps in the mixed-up families or messed-up individuals and gives the vocation of the priesthood, for example. But for the most part, when you look at the seminary, uh, seminaries that I know, the young men there come from good Catholic families. More and more are coming from homeschooling families. We have more young men in our seminary in Philadelphia from homeschooling families than we do from our Catholic high schools. Yeah. We have lots of Catholic high schools. We have about 30 of them in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. But the greater number are coming from uh, those families that do homeschooling. And it's not because they do homeschooling. It's because they're doing homeschooling because they believe something. Yes. They're committed to something, and uh, they pass on that faith to their children. Yes. So this is leading. There's about 20 or 25 different avenues I'd like to go down with now that you've brought up so many beautiful points here but in particular with regard to coming back to the family having a strong family life what what would be a few elements that you would ask parents to instill into their children uh, a few things that you these are these are foundational these are these are fundamental parents make sure that this is happening in your home well I think they have to pass on uh, love for God which shows itself by their praying in a public way, in the presence of their children. You know, I still remember my mother and father being on their knees every night before going to bed. And uh, it's a a vital memory in my life because it taught me the importance of God and just seeing them pray. I think it's really important to love the church. You know, my parents were kind of ordinary Catholics. They didn't go to Mass every day. But we would never miss Mass on Sunday, and we went to confessions every two weeks together as a family. And so the church was important to my, my parents. And because of that, the church was important to me. So it's easy to criticize the church today with all the problems we have, you know, with the, the sexual abuse scandal and those kind of things. And we can, be, we can pass on a hostility towards the church to our children without meaning to do that. Uh, because children don't understand how you can love someone and be angry at the same time with that person, you know. So, mm-hmm. so passing on a love for God, prayer and also um, love for the church. And then I think many... Um, families pass on the faith by uh, demonstrating a care for the poor in in Christian charity who are actively involved in uh, the food programs and some some cities have food programs Um, St. Vincent de Paul Society was very important back when I was a kid Lions of Columbus did all kinds of uh, service to the poor and the needy in those days still does Uh, so I think that the prayer um, love for the church care for the poor. All those things produce Christian life, and from those Christian life come vocations, because why would you give your life as a priest if you're not a believer? That's yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. As you were sharing this, that we have a f- more fundamental vocation to to commit as a believer of Jesus Christ before we can discern these other, I immediately was thinking it. I wasn't trying to think of it, but I immediately thought of my own life. I was not open to the priesthood. I went on a retreat, made a good confession, I now wanted to follow Jesus. A few months later, I heard a call to the priesthood. Mm-hmm. I had to make a commitment. I, this wasn't, I wasn't thinking this way. Oh, I must first follow Jesus, and then I will follow the priesthood. He woke me up to himself. Yeah. I wanted to follow him, and now 
he's calling me on to to serve him as a priest. Sure, you know there are priests today who aren't believers, and many of the scandals that we have in the church are, are people who really didn't believe, but they were priests. Sometimes very successful priests in the sense of rising through the hierarchical ranks of the church, but they obviously didn't believe what the church taught. And so I, when people ask me what's the main character you characteristic you want to see in your seminary, I say, well, I like, I like them to be believers. Yeah. <laughs> And it's not a joke. You're not joking, no, I'm not actually. Joking. I'm not joking at all. It's not presumed, huh? No. And, and Father Vasek, what you were saying about your own experience is what I feel is the privilege and duty of a Catholic university as well. Students come and spend years here of their life, very formative years, and they need to be woken up, uh, whether they come from great Catholic families or not. Uh, no matter what reason, and as you know from your time on our campus, students come for all kinds of different reasons. We have students who come from the wide world who are seeking a great, affordable Catholic education. We've got students who want to play baseball or soccer. We've got students who want to be a physical therapist or a teacher or a business person. Um, and so for all different reasons, students come. And we feel like we're, we're failing everybody if students don't come here and at least have an opportunity to hear and to encounter the saving promises of Jesus Christ. And a day like today, puts this all in technicolor. You yes, know what I mean? Yeah. Because students have to be confronted with a reality beyond their own insular concerns. And that's what you have to do with young people. You have to draw them out of themselves. And then the Lord does the rest. It's magnificent to see. It's beautiful to watch. Yes. And it wouldn't be true about every Catholic university in our country. You know, so good for you. I think the parents not only have their kids spend a lot of time here, but they spend a lot of their money yes. in, in private Catholic universities. And they don't get what they're looking for in many places, which is a rich, vital Catholic life. And it's a question then of integrity. Yes. Of, uh, you know, it's, it's a sacred trust. If, if parents are going to send their students, their children, who they've invested a lot of their life and heart and soul and sweat and blood in, if they're going to send them to a place like us, if we don't take that responsibility seriously and if we're not authentic in who we say we are, then we should close. Amen. <laughs> Amen. As you know, as a father of seven children, too, I have two children who are on their, uh, on their, within the next year will be graduating and looking at University of Mary. And I was here yesterday at Mass in the chapel, and it was just the, the joy and the beauty of the, the chapel was standing room only, um, and the, the singing was glorious. And I was like, yeah. I would be comfortable with my children being here. I mean, it's that safe environment um, of their, their Catholic faith well, and their, a, the relationship with Jesus being nurtured. Well, that's a Tuesday afternoon. You ought to see Sunday evening. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it was just, it's, it's beautiful. And, and the work that's happening here at University of is, is beautiful. Just a few minutes left. This is Father Craig Gossick, your host for this special presentation uh, at the University of Mary during this fourth annual Vocation Jamboree. Uh, Archbishop Monsignor, we're coming to the end, so I'll just uh, kind of open-ended. Is there anything else you'd like to add on the topic of vocation, on the topic of Catholic education, on the topic of whatever you're thinking about at the moment? Well, the last thing I would like to say is uh, for those of you who do have children who are thinking about college, you ought to consider the University of Mary because it really is an extraordinary place. Um, you know, it, it's in a part of the country that people don't associate with a lot of excitement. You know, people want to go to New York or Chicago for things like that. But the kind of excitement of faith that you find here is an extraordinary um, part of what this university is about and a much more exciting way of living your life than in a big city. 
Thank you. And I think I'd just like to thank the Archbishop for his presence here, certainly for those kind words, and ask all the listeners to join us in prayer tonight. Because right now, in the midst of this vocation jamboree, that God is real and the Holy Spirit is moving. And so there are lots of young hearts on this campus. And my deepest desire is that they might encounter something real, a truth about their life that they might not otherwise have known. You know, we're under the patronage of Our Lady of the Annunciation here. And and, and an angel came to her and didn't say, you can be anything you want to be. <laughs> the angel came and said to her the truth about her her life, the God who had set his heart on her. And that can happen for young people too. And pray as well for all those, if you're not able to be here tonight, for all those who will hear Archbishop Chaput's words tonight, that they might be deeply touched by the truth about Christ, uh, which he'll be speaking to us. Thank you, Monsignor. Beautiful. Thank you, Your Excellency. Thank you, Monsignor Shea, for being with us this afternoon. God bless. All right, so we're coming to you live from the University of Mary. This is the fourth annual Vocations Jamboree. We were just visiting with Archbishop Charles Chaput and Monsignor James Shea, and uh, we're excited to be here. Folks, we're going to, uh, I think we're going to actually stay on here till about, we'll take a little break here. Okay, sorry, I'm looking at my producer, and he's uh, telling me to take a break. So we're going to head to a break, and we'll be back on Real Presence Live on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Real Presence Radio. Live from the Vocations Jamboree on the campus of the University of Mary in Bismarck, this is a special afternoon broadcast only on the Real Presence Radio Network. One of the things that I see happen is, let's say somebody's been listening to the radio and they pick up an idea, they then sit down with their friends at coffee over cookies and bars, whatever, and they're talking about it, and that item, then they say, well, let's call Father and get a little, let's double-check that. Let's get a little deeper view on it. But also, when it comes to the events, for example, we have a group here, and they look at the faith, and then they move deeper into it. What is the reason for this? Why do we Catholics believe this? And as that group has grown, they brought others in, they've talked about it, they're reaching out, and it actually evolved into a street ministry where they stood down by Paul and Babe with a cart, with some books, with some medals, with some rosaries, and they encountered people on the street. I was very impressed with that, very impressed that our people would move forward. Our Bible studies become stronger as people hear the word and then they share it with one another. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now, back to more of our special afternoon broadcast, coming to you from the Vocations Jamboree at the University of Mary in Bismarck. Welcome back, everybody. This is uh, the very tail end of our time of this live broadcast coming from the University of Mary on the sunny first day of spring. We've had an excellent program thus far, speaking with a number of wonderful people. Most recently, Archbishop Charles Chapu and Monsignor James Shea, the president of the University of Mary. And we've just brought on Monsignor Schlesselman, who is a priest of the Diocese of Fargo, who is in town. And I'm not even sure why he's in town, but he's here, for, he's here tonight for something. Monsignor, we're so glad to have you back on the radio. You spent much time with Real Presence Radio in the past, but thanks for being with us for a little bit here. Thank you, Father Vasek. The reason I'm here is to, is to hear uh, this great talk from Archbishop Chaput and also to support uh, the great effort that's going on here for the Jamboree for vocations and uh, to really celebrate the great gift of faith that we have together uh, so these kinds of events are marvelous uh, encouragements and are wonderful ways for us to be reminded of what's really important and to recognize that uh, 
we, do, we're not, we don't live our faith in isolation from others. We live it in a community, and, and that support of brothers and sisters in the faith as disciples of Christ is so important. So there's a lot of great reasons why I'm out here. Plus, it's such a beautiful day here in Bismarck. How could you go wrong? It was cloudy in Fargo, so you came to the sunny in Bismarck. Actually, it was. To be, <laughs> truth be told, it was sunny also in Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. I want to speak to you about something that happened this morning in a program that we did. We brought on uh, a woman who started writing books for children uh, with regard to Lexio Divina, with regard to uh, contemplative prayer for children, uh, these children's books. And I was thinking about how a parent bringing to a child, uh, talking about faith, talking about the saints, but in particular, teaching them how to pray, not just to recite prayers, but to truly pray, to leave some space for silence, to leave some space for discernment. The reason why I'm thinking of this is because you are my spiritual director, and you also were the director of the seminary where I was discerning my vocation. So I'm thinking of you in this way, um, and I know you do a lot of work with discernment and with spiritual direction with others. So uh, just to maybe say something, I know you're working with college students at the North, North Dakota State University. The importance of giving God space, the importance of some silence, the importance of asking the question, the importance of any of those things. Well, how about if we say that all of those things are important because uh, for discernment, in order for that to take place, it has to take place within the context of a living experience of the relationship. In other words, if you want to have a dialogue with God, that means that you have to give opportunity, space, as you say, um, give time, give energy and effort to the relationship such that that dialogue is, is, is possible. And I think it's in order for that to happen, of course, you know, as you mentioned, silence and stillness are really crucial. We live in a very busy world, in a world that uh, has so much information, so much data, so much noise that, that attacks us, that you know, surrounds us, that accompanies us. Uh, you can pretty much interpret it in almost every sense of the term. But we need to step away and to, to, to slow down and to listen. And, and I think it's very significant. For example, last Sunday, uh, the second Sunday of, of, of Lent, we hear this great phrase from God the Father, this voice from the cloud at the transfiguration, who essentially gives us the most essential thing that he wants us to do. And that's to recognize two things. To recognize first that this is his beloved son, Jesus. And since it's his beloved son, we need to listen to him. And it's in listening to him that, that young people, that any person can discover the will of God for their lives, whether it be the large vocational questions, such as we're talking about here, the vocations jamboree, uh, or, the, or the day-to-day ordinary kind of discernment about knowing how God is calling me to deeper intimacy, to deeper communion with him. Because that's what God's will is. God's will is for us. He wants to be with us. He wants to communicate his life. And in so doing, to transform us, to make us living witnesses of his goodness to others, so that they too are inspired and encouraged in some way to seek out that same intimacy and communion with him. We were, we were just visiting with Archbishop Charles Chaput, and he uh, actually he kind of threw something out that I thought was a little startling mm-hmm. in the sense that he said, you know, when we talk about vocations right now, the Lord really has provided the number of vocations necessary for the number of faithful that we have. And, and he said what we really need, uh, we need to focus on is um, families. 
of holy families, um, as he mentioned. You know, while obviously the the Lord does give vocations um, to many from broken families, but he says, really, he sees a lot of vocations from these holy families, and he says we need to focus our energy on the family life, having holy family life. I I, I totally concur. I think he's spot on. I really think that uh, the more we encourage and help families to really live deeply the call to holiness within family life, what will happen is God will bless the church with more than sufficient vocations. Because it's not, I think what, what, what it does is it emphasizes the more fundamental truth that every person, no matter what their vocation, is called to holiness. And as St. John Paul II defined it, holiness is intimacy with God. And a family, certainly, where children learn what, in, what genuine, authentic, true, faithful intimacy looks like, th- that's where they learn intimacy with God. That's where they learn to be holy, and that's where they learn dialogue and discernment. That's in a natural but supernaturally guided and, and, and elevated way. And so I think uh, our, the Archbishop is, is, is completely correct in that, uh, not that I'm in a position to be judging an Archbishop, but you get what I mean. I, I totally agree with him. I think he's really, he really, it, that's an insightful way of looking at the state of the church today and the real need. And when you, when you really support and encourage families and lay people to live their vocation deeply, we're going to solve a lot of questions, not just uh, the question or the challenge of having enough priestly and religious vocations. I think another startling thing that I threw out too is really this idea that really the prerequisite for being a priest um, is to believe. You know, he says many of those, the, the scandals in the church right now are um, from those priests um, and, and leaders in the church who didn't believe. They didn't believe it. So, uh, well, we got to leave it. We're going to go to a hard break here. Actually, we're going to head back to uh, live or Catholic Answers Live on Real Presence Live. So, Monsignor Schlossman, thank you for being here with us. Thank you. And uh, we're going to throw it back to the Fargo office. We're going to head to Real or Catholic Answers Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Father Vasek, thanks for being here with us today. What a pleasure. And we'll be back uh, doing some more Real Presence Live, hopefully with Father Vasek in the future. God bless everybody. Thank you for your support, and thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. Thanks for tuning in to our special afternoon broadcast from the Vocations Jamboree on the campus of the University of Mary in Bismarck. If you missed any of this particular broadcast or our special Real Presence Live broadcast from this morning, the podcast for both will be available later this week. You can find them on our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, or on our Real Presence Radio app under podcast. That's yourcatholicradiostation.com or on our Real Presence Radio app under podcasts the vocations jamboree witnessing to the joy and beauty of life consecrated to god's call on the real presence radio network